Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for you being the one who provides nights like this. And Father, I pray that you will continue to do the work of illumination. You have sent your son into the world to dwell with us. And Father, I pray that you will give us just a little bit of a glimpse. Like we can't really truly understand what that means, but give us just a little bit of a glimpse of what that looks like here tonight. Father, your name deserves a lot of praise, and I pray that you'll make us a people of praise. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, you guys can have a seat for a few moments. Well, how are we doing? Good, good. It's been a good night so far. Uh, hey, my name is Dallas. For those of you who don't know me, I'm um, one of the people on staff here. And if I haven't met you, I'd love the opportunity to meet you after the service if you get a chance. Um, but I'm going to take about 10 minutes of our time. And essentially to start out, there are two kinds of people in the world. One who just loves all the details. I mean, can't get enough details, right? Tell me more details. I want to know everything that goes into it. And then there are your, yeah, 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 just get straight to the point, people, right? Like, I don't need to know that it happened on a rainy Tuesday morning. I don't need to know what you had for breakfast before the story even starts. Just give me the important stuff. Give me the facts, right? And I think that this difference is really highlighted with men and women when it comes to dating. So if a, a woman goes on a date and the, the women come around them after, they want to know all the details, right? What did you wear? Where did you go eat? Was there a spark between you guys? Do you think this is leading somewhere, right? All those questions. I mean, you could talk about it for hours. But for men, it's a bit different, isn't it? If we even remember that our friend had a date, we'll ask, hey, you had a date last week. How did it go? Went pretty well. Great. Hey, you want to get a pizza? You know, like that. Like that's the end of it, right? The facts, just straight facts. I'm curious, though, here tonight, who are our just get straight to the point people? Are there a lot of, a lot of those in here tonight? Yeah, I knew you were. I knew you were. So, yeah, hey, so you will love John's account of the Christmas story. Because John gets straight to the point. And we've been in Matthew and Luke, and we've looked in detail about a lot of things, and that's been really good. Like, the details are extremely important. It helps us to connect the dots, helps us to understand on a deeper level the things that we ought to understand. But sometimes we can get so into the details that we miss the main thing, can't we? Right? That, that we neglect to praise or give the value to the main thing as we start to praise the details. And so that's why I think it's great that the Gospels offer us a, a couple of Gospels of great detail, of connecting the dots, of understanding how this thing led to this thing, but then we also have another Gospel that just says, yeah, yeah, but this is the most important thing. 
and remember that. So we're going to look at John's version of the Christmas story here tonight. And essentially it's this, from John chapter 1, verse 14. He says this, he says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. That's it. That's the Christmas story. And this statement right here holds lots of power for us here tonight. If we can cling to and understand this statement, that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, man, that, that'll change our life. And so the Word, what is the Word? Well, it's really three things. It's, it's God Himself, it's the message of God, and it's life. It's those three things that have come into the world as finite flesh and dwelled among us. Uh, there's two things that I want to go through here with you tonight to keep in mind as we celebrate the Christmas season as it pertains to John chapter 1, verse 14. And the first one is just very simply this, that we've got to realize the great chasm between us and God, very simply, that we do not make a very good God, and that God makes a great God. Y'all, we make very crummy gods. Am I right? Merry Christmas, by the way. But we do, and I bring this up because I've seen so much in our culture that we are truly in the age of self. I mean, we think, you know, if I can express my truth, if I can um, show you all about me and stuff like that, then I'll be validated. But in reality, it's not working for us. In fact, I, I read a study just today, a Gallup study that was done that says we might be the saddest generation on record. And I don't think it's any coincidence that with the focus on self leading to sadness, there's no coincidence there. Why? Because we were made for so much more than just a focus on ourselves. And as we continue to focus on self, we continue to contribute to the problem. Doubling down on the problem does not promote a solution, does it? And so as we move forward tonight, I would love for us to have our focus there that we can't find a solution within ourselves. And even if we had the solution, doesn't our solutions always change? I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, two years ago, were your solutions the same as they are today? Uh, I know mine wasn't. I mean, even six months ago, six months ago, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but I know I'm not going into the ministry. <laughs> How'd that work out? Right? So we work hard and we say, okay, I know what I need from within, and so I'm going to set these goals and I'm going to do these things, and then before you know it, it's not even your goal anymore. And that's why for us tonight, we have got to recognize that we don't have a truth, that it's not about us, that we were made for something so much bigger. So that's the first point. We've got to recognize that we do not offer the way. In fact, we often get in the way. That's the first point. Uh, second point is we must also recognize that despite self getting in the way, God continues to dwell among us. That there's nothing that we can do. There's, there's no too far where 
God would not come and dwell among us. And that's good news. The fact that a lot of us think, you know, I've really done it now. That God's regretting that decision to dwell among us. And, and, and if he saw me now, then there's no way that he would have chosen to do what he did. To put on finite flesh and make his dwelling among us. But y'all, I want to remind you a little bit about some of the characters in the Bible that God uses. I mean, there are, there are dudes in there that we would not allow to work here. And you wouldn't allow them to work in your office either. I mean, you think about, look, I don't know how you guys come in here tonight and what you're dealing with, but I doubt you have a problem with murdering people like Paul. Right? And yet God worked in his life. Or imagine somebody like David submitting their resume and Matt looking over his resume and saying, so um, you decided not to show up for work one day and instead you had an affair and then to cover it up you killed the, the, uh, the husband. And him looking and saying, and you want to teach our students, right? Like these are the people that God has worked through. There is no too far for God to work in us. And I want us to realize and cling to that truth here tonight, that you are not too far for God to do wonderful things in your life. God has taken Paul, a murderer, and made him the guy that he shares what love is through. He can do a lot in your life if you'll just believe. Why? It goes back to the first point. If we take the focus off of ourself and we focus on him, what happens is we start to rely on his power and we forget about our power. And so tonight I want us to cling to that truth. And what will happen is that we will start to focus on the light even in the midst of the darkness. Um, it reminds me of when, I, when one of my girls, I've, I've pledged kind of not to use their names, you know, just don't want them to one day go to counseling on my behalf because I <laughs> shared, shared about them too much. Um, but one of them was uh, less than about a year old. And we noticed that she started to struggle with her sleeping. She, she would get, you know, kind of cranky and you could see that there was fear setting in and stuff like that. And one night we realized as we were in the room that, that we couldn't see our hand in front of our face. And so it was so dark in there that it provoked some fear in her. And so what we did was we uh, took the, the bottom piece of the, the door off because it was flush with the, the floor, so there was no light that could come in. So we said, let's just give her a little bit of light. So we took that thing off, and we looked at the monitor that night, and what we realized was she was staring straight into the light. She just kept staring there. I mean, oh, night after night after night, we noticed she was just staring at that little bit of light. And what that did for her was it comforted her enough for her to just rest and sleep. And so some of you come in here and you think, man, there may be light in my life, but it feels like just a little candle. And I'm in this big dark room and there's just a tiny, tiny bit of light. And I want to encourage you all, focus on that little bit of light. Stay there. Focus on that little bit of light. Stare at it. Stare at it. Stare at it. And what will happen is over time, our souls will find rest in that little bit of light in the midst of the darkness. 
And so I don't know how you come in tonight, but I think our goal as Christ followers, especially this time of year, is to allow our hearts to be set on the light. To be set there, to stay there, to be set on the light, even in the good things. That as we enjoy a good Christmas dinner, that we don't focus just on the detail of the Christmas dinner, that this thing is so great, that God has graciously granted us a Christmas dinner, but we, but we look at it and we say, yeah, this thing falls short. This is just a representation of the main thing, the best thing, that God is so good that he has graciously shown us just a little piece of how good he is through this Christmas dinner. And what that will do is it will allow us to focus on this light that has come into the world and made his dwelling among us. And when you experience laughter, which I hope you do this Christmas season, that you recognize that that, that wonderful gift of laughter comes from a source who is cheerful and joyful and has an unending joy. And in doing so, we focus on the light. And should we be given the grace for our eyes to open one more time and have another Christmas day this Christmas season? That we thank God for that. But then we also say that this life, as great as it is, it is just a small glimpse into the life that we have in Christ. Because y'all, because he's come into the world and because he is life, now our life is in his life. Y'all, Christ is everything. Christ is everything. And so this Christmas season, I want us to continue. Focus on the light. Focus on the light. And what that will do is it will allow our souls the best opportunity to experience the fullness of life that he desires for us. Y'all, as we continue here in worship and just saying, I'm going to pray for us and then we'll go into worship. If you're struggling here tonight, man, please come talk to me. I'll be over here at the front right. I would love to pray with you. I would love to talk through any of these things that you're just struggling with. And we can process through those things. And I'm not going to strong arm you. I'm not going to tell you, you know, what you need to do and all that. Man, I'd just love to pray with you. I'd just love to spend some time with you praying and see what God is going to do with that. I'm going to pray and then we'll worship. Father. Father, we thank you for your provisions over our lives, and I just don't know that we can fully grasp the fact that you have made your dwelling here with us, um, an infinite, perfect God, and you, I mean, you go, you go and you, you dwell with, with sinners like us, and so, Father, I pray for a a, a righteous humility, not an insecurity this, this evening, not, not an insecurity, but a, but a humility before you to actually understand a little bit more of the chasm between us and you, but then also to focus on the fact that as big a mess as we are, you still make your dwelling here with us. And so this Christmas season, we just celebrate that fact, man. Just a wonderful truth for us to dwell in here tonight. And all we can really do is just say thank you. We love you a lot.